Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Morale Booster with John Ugulu. I hope all the listeners out there are doing well. I am sending love from Atlanta. Today's guest is a very interesting person. Uh, her name is Shana Trimble. Shana and I will be talking about marriage and family because you know why? She is a marriage and family therapist. So we're going to talk about the intricacies of marriage and relationships in general. So Shana, thank you for joining me on the program. Thank you for having me, John. My pleasure. So like I said, we will be discussing the intricacies of marriage and uh, uh, family in general. Mm -hmm. uh, you are a therapist. I see you are also a speaker. I am. So, yes, a keynote speaker. So I believe you will be able to spark the fire and the listeners today <laughs> all right okay so shana uh tell us a little about yourself who is shana and what does shana do oh wow well i am like you stated a marriage and family therapist um i've been practicing in this therapy world for approximately five years um or more prior to that i was doing coaching and working as a hr director um so i took a a hiatus and felt like I was missing on my calling, something that was just nagging me to death. <laughs> so I decided to actually go ahead and pursue that. And it seems to be a good fit. Um, it's definitely something that I feel like I should have been doing. And now that I'm doing it, it's working out. Um, yeah, so that's me in a nutshell a little bit. Okay, that's that's a nice one. You know, there's no, there's no better feeling than aligning with your passion something yes. you are passionate about yes that's true so but how has it been so far you know do you enjoy the naggings you find <laughs> you know fun to listen to people nag and you know tell you stories that you might not necessarily be interested in <laughs> well i will say this um i think from just me being an open type of intriguing, always wanting to know, always wanting to learn type of person, um, I find that the stories are not so nagging, actually, okay. uh, <laughs> but more in informing. Right. Um, and I think from those stories, it tells a lot about people. You know, it, it, it definitely shares a lot about their mindsets, how they see life, you know, based on experience and things of that nature. Right. But I think the ultimate thing is what I enjoy the most is actually being able to help to help them that through is that it. process. Definitely give a different perspective or or help open their minds, right? Right. To just how life is has so many spectrums to it. It's just not yeah. one line type of journey. All right. That's true. That's a good one. Okay, so um, from your experience as now as a as a therapist. Mm -hmm. What is the major cause of breakups in couples that you've experienced or worked oh, with? Oh, wow. <laughs> we can definitely look at that list, but um, there are some things that kind of weigh the same, right? Um, so, of course, infidelity would okay. be at the first, at exactly. the height of that list. Yeah. Um, and, of course, parallel to that is finances. Okay, yes. Okay, so differences in finances. Um, 
and then everything else kind of trickles down after that. Um, so just to be able to agree on parenting, if we're somehow a blended family now, right? right. Um, just mutual differences about um, how life should go. And then the inability to be able to effectively blend two individuals to make them one unit. Right. Yeah, so that that's it's a difficult thing. Actually. Yeah, especially when they're coming from two different backgrounds. Especially, so often people say, "Oh, you know, opposites attract." They do attract, but that doesn't mean they necessarily work. <laughs> they have to put in the work. They have to put in the work. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Okay, so when you say finance is a major problem, or causes serious issues. Now, are you talking about misappropriation of finance or you're talking about lack of finance or, you know, which, which one do you think? Has the most weight. Exactly. Well, they actually kind of all have an equal weight. Um, there's a couple of things that I'll pinpoint is you have the mis you know, just the misuse of finance where one is more, um, lackadaisical, you'll say, <laughs> or free, um, not necessarily as responsible mm -hmm. um, with finances that causes issues for right. the other one. Um, so that, that's, a, that's a hard place to be in. Um, sometimes it's the lack of finance, financing, um, the finances that cause a level of stress. Mm -hmm. So whether you have one person who may be possibly working, the other person is not, and the person that's not is not necessarily really caring about right. <laughs> you know bringing in any income then of course that's a problem right mm -hmm. and then we see the um the difference in income when it comes to how it kind of controls the relationship right right if finances control the relationship and how the dynamics of a relationship may change if those finances change so in to be specific is <clears throat> when we think about women, right? The role of a woman in a household and what she brings contributes to the table. Sometimes if that begins to change. And right, it always changes. It, it does, and it does. <laughs> then of course, you know, the roles are somehow scrambled as far as what the couple thinks the finances do. And unfortunately, sometimes the finances actually make a person the leader or the head of the household per se, and I put those in quotes. <laughs> so if that changes, right. then you know the roles begin to, or they think the roles should be reversed. Yeah, egos, you know, ego kinds of creeping. Yes. Yeah, especially yeah. when the man is not the one providing. Right. Yeah, I think I think women can bear such a situation longer than men. Yeah. And a man feels, you know, the woman is now the breadwinner, you know, the ego is always there. Yes, the ego so is I, there. I, I get you on that. Yeah. That makes a whole lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's, that's a nice one. Uh, to my listeners out there, I hope you guys are paying attention because little things like this, they do matter. They do matter. They you do. Know? So at times, it could cost you a fortune to have a therapist tell you such things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so let's take this as an opportunity to 
learn one or two things that would help you in your relationship. We are not perfect. Nobody's perfect, but a constant reminder is all we need to, you know, sit up and step up our game. Uh, thank you, Shana, for that tip. Yes. Okay, so, um, okay, what is the most flimsy excuse for breakups you've dealt with? Oh my goodness. Um, and I always find this very funny and it seems to be something that is, was common knowledge, something that I wasn't aware of, of course, mm -hmm. um, being married. I think I've been married to, um, with my husband 28 years now. You've been married 28 years? I've been with my husband 28 years. We've been married 22. <laughs> so yeah, 22 years. Really? Yes, I have three grown wow. children. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. You don't look it at all. Well, thank you. I will take that. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so it was puzzling to me that I found out that people break up due to holidays, not wanting to buy gifts. Oh. <laughs> Something as simple as that. Wow. Something as simple as that will cause people, you know, they either don't want to intertwine people into their their family lives, like around Christmas and things of that nature, or they don't want to buy holiday gifts around Valentine's Day and, and solidify probably relationships that maybe they wasn't really ready to take to the next level. Right. And so I thought, I was like, wow, instead of just explaining that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Versus the whole breakup. So we break it up and maybe I'll call you in a few weeks after it's over. So I thought, I thought that was interesting. Wow. 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 <laughs> that is actually interesting. And if you're listening right now, if Shana is speaking to someone out there, I want you to have a rethink because you could end your marriage. You could see it as a small thing, you know, but it could lead to a disaster. Yeah. I know you're speaking to someone's soul and heart right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. That's, that's nice, Shana. That's a good one. Okay, so let's go to the next um, question I would want to ask. So what should people look out for before getting married? At least you've been in marriage for over two decades. <laughs> You're going to the third decade now. Yeah. yeah. So I will say, John, to be honest with you, I, I teach my premarital couples as well as my couples, right? Um, especially when you're in the dating phase, that the dating phase is the business phase of the relationship. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I believe that that's when all the business, the details, the core of everything that you need, everything that you want, everything that you're looking for, that is when those things are supposed to be discussed. Okay, so a lot of times we miss over some of the more important details because we're we're into that. Oh, I really like this person or I'm, I'm having all the feelings of euphoria. Right. right? So I kind of I jump over because I feel so good that I lack speaking about or talking about the things that don't make me feel good because we don't want to like mess anything up. Right. right. But I so encourage that they talk about those things because if we kind of go ahead and talk about them right now, then I can feel that feeling of euphoria long into our future. Right. Right. But if I don't, there's a possibility I'll have so many breaks of, of times where I'm broken or I'm, I'm disgusted at the choice or I'm resentful mm -hmm. because I didn't talk about these things. And so I think that that is very important um, 
during the dating phase that we get, okay, I don't want this, or these are my boundaries, right. or these are my red buttons that if you touch them or if you somehow activate them, then we probably won't be together. <laughs> you know, so, and it, yeah, and it opens up and gives people an opportunity, you know, the person I'm dating to say, I can do those things or I cannot do those things yeah. and then we come to a mutual agreement whether we just dating for fun at that point or if we're still dating to somehow for a long-term relationship oh okay that makes sense because you know i have also come to realize that a lot of people take those little things for granted you know especially the guys yeah you know guys at times just feel they need to talk just to win the woman you know just to win the lady's heart right well, I think they all seem to forget that these ladies pay attention to details. Like <laughs> everything you tell them, it has to be so. Yeah, we're taking know. Yeah. Right. And if you know there would be any reason for you to change, you know, put it on the table. Let's know that reason that right. would cost you know the ladies like details. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And we assume a lot, right? So I think that's that's part of a downfall when we're dating is that he's making me feel good now or she's making me feel good now. So I assume that this will continue, right? Exactly. Or that I assume that based on how this person behaves, that they're a family-oriented person, right? Yeah. But yet we never talked about it. So yeah. then now when it, the time hits the, the, when the ceiling hits the fan, we're like, Oh, I, I, she may, he or she may be like, I don't even like kids. <laughs> right? So, you know, it's definitely, it's those details. You know, when mm -hmm. you see your life and how you want it to be, you want to be able to incorporate someone that has those same thoughts, feelings, emotions, right. those goals. It's important. Right. It, it is. It is. Absolutely. So what do you think about, you know, guys taking it to a new level of having a list of things they would like to discuss with the ladies prior to taking the relationship to the next level? I'd say, I always say, look at what you want. Like, not long-term, right? So what's the reason, what, what are the reasons why you're dating? Right. Right, so if, if you're dating for purpose, right, then that's something that needs to be said. Yeah. Because that 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 is an introduction to long term, right? So if right. you say, you know, I'm just dating because I just want to have some fun, that's one thing. So, but if you're dating for purpose, a woman needs to know that. Yes. Um, because we assume a lot that women uh, are always dating for purpose. Yes. But that is not the case. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll I'll let you say that. I didn't say that. Yeah, that's not always the case. So we do okay. have, you know, we are diverse, right. even, even in being women. Um, not all of us are looking to settle down. Not all of us are looking to be a wife. Not all of us are looking to be a mother. Um, so when you take that in consideration, then you have to be able to say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. And then as you proceed, then you tell us what you're looking for. Be honest. Be open. Right. Um, be vulnerable, which is something that's very difficult to be, yes, yes. you know? <laughs> so though it's, it's just being able to educate someone on all the details 
not just the ones you feel will actually get someone's attention, but the actual ones that will actually keep their attention. That's correct. Yeah. So um, if you're listening right now, what she's saying is, especially to the guys, you have to be intentional. You know, you have to be upfront. Let the lady know what exactly you are looking for. Yes. If it's something she is interested in, she would let you know. There's no point trying to deceive someone and at the end of the day, you know, you expect what you didn't tell the person. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Am I right, Shanna? It does not. It does Absolutely. <laughs> That's a good right. one. Okay, so um, there's another interesting topic I want us to touch. And uh, this is about divorce. Should every serious misconduct lead to a divorce? Okay, so basically it goes back to that, those red buttons, right, that we kind of discussed earlier. <laughs> so understanding what those are, right? So of course every circumstance, every misconduct will apply different to every relationship, right? So it can't really end it won't end in divorce for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. And so as, as hard or as tough as it is, is, it is to listen to, some people stay what, what they think is not that big of a deal for them, right? right? And But for the next couple, it is extremely- It might be a big deal, right? Right. So it's really establishing what is a big deal for you. So to answer your question, yeah, of course not. Every serious misconduct or just conduct period will not end in divorce. Misconduct will not end in divorce, but it's all dictated by the relationship. Right. Yeah. So I would say no. <laughs> okay. okay. So um, there are people out there who still don't understand the importance of having a therapist. Okay. You know, they feel they know everything. So, I know there's so many of them listening to this program right now. So how can we let them know that there is, there is something special about having a therapist? Well, I would say, of course, being a therapist, that um, I came from a background that believed what you're saying, that therapy was not necessarily something that was um, needed, mm -hmm. that was useful. Yeah. Um, it was something that when the issues came to the table, it was something that you kept in your home that right. you with, you know, amongst yourselves. But of course, coming into this field and, and growing up and having seen things that needed a second eye, right? Yeah. It's, it definitely opened up my mind to therapy, which ultimately, of course, led me to be a therapist. But therapy is the third eye mm -hmm. right so it is about being non-judgmental yeah. it's about uh, getting a different perspective that because sometimes how the life how life has been to us whether it's through experiences or um, based on emotions that we're having we get locked in to how we feel about things how we see things, how things we think, how it must go. But what happens with therapy is more of an educational process that allows you to open your mind to different ideas, to different ways um, that you can resolve an issue. Um, 
it gives a forefront where people can talk and actually be heard exactly. um, in a safe place where it's okay to actually say what you've been holding in and to be able to buffer it, right? So that the person receiving the information doesn't always feel attacked. And so that's what therapy does. It just opens up that free highway right. for people to be able to bring things to the table and deal with them so that they don't affect them long-term. So I definitely encourage it where there's issues that are constantly being repeated. Right. And you know, the, 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 the challenge with a lot of people who have that mindset is that they feel it's better for them to look for a very close friend who they can trust, who they can rely on that person's advice. But, you know, they still don't seem to understand that having a professional guide you is different. So how can we differentiate, you know, relying on a friend to help in times of crisis and using a therapist? Okay, well, there's two things. <clears throat> so basically, that's that's building a support system. So your friend is there to offer you kind of the support based on what they think you need. Yes. Right? How they feel about the situation. It also is very personal, right? Because you are their friend. So they, 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 are, they, they are biased at times. They, are bi they will the be feeling. biased. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> they will be biased because they will have their own emotions coming to into play. Mm -hmm. um, they also won't always give you the best advice, <laughs> right? Yeah. So when people are upset, um, friends are upset, I can be upset with you. And then we do things together that necessarily uh, may not be the best option for us at that time. But mm -hmm. from a therapist perspective, I come to you and I come to you unbiased. I come to you with the ability to use my uh, professional training and yeah. science and evidence-based science behind it right. to help you target uh, of the way that you, based on who you are, on how you should direct yourself in handling the issue so that it's actually resolved yeah. at the end of therapy. Right. Um, not something that's reoccurring. Um, another thing is that therapists are there to help guide you in the best way possible outside of emotions. So definitely separating the emotions from the thoughts, right? right. And letting your thoughts at helping you train your mind and develop skills that will help you just kind of say, you know what, I can think about this before I feel it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then use that same skill set to deal with problems for the rest of your life, not right. just situational. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes a whole lot of sense. So if you're listening right now and you have that friend whom you feel is good enough or in the same shoes of a therapist, trust me, that's a wrong impression you've got there. Yeah. Number one, your friend will be biased. Number two, your friend tomorrow could have issues with you and use your problems against you. Yes, definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And I would, I would even add to the point that me as a therapist, I have friends, right? Yeah. But I can't give you any therapy <laughs> because I'm your friend, right? right. So, yeah, so it, it applies all across the board the same way. Right. So a therapist will be a non-judgmental sounding board to you. You can tell them anything you want. They 
they have everything to, a therapist has everything to lose if they do not act properly, if they do not conduct themselves ethically. Yes. Okay, so just take note of that. I believe after you hear, you know, after listening to this program today, you would all have a rethink and understand the importance of having a therapy. You might be going through certain challenges in your relationships. And probably you've been listening to the advice of friends, family members who are not professionals in that area. Trust me, if you keep doing that and your marriage is still not working, it's because you are not doing something right. Yes. So I want you to know that today should be the first day of the rest of your life. If you're going through any problems in your homes, seek the advice of professionals, not friends, not family members. Okay, so thank you for that, um, Shanna. Yes, you're welcome. Okay, so now I noticed you also have a background in human resources. I do. Yes, can you tell me a bit about that? How, how okay, was that earlier part of your career or is that something you still do okay well that was actually it's, it's actually actually a significant piece of who i am um okay. so I've, I've come from a background of always helping people hr is no different right um definitely i went into the business world just kind of wanting to play the background because I'm, I'm always the person that has played the background right um, and just wanting to help from that perspective where I could help um, people maintain jobs and, and get jobs and that would help help their livelihoods, which right. definitely rolled over into a different perspective. And I wanted to be a different type of boss, right? Okay. So I worked my way up into being a director of HR where I could actually facilitate and kind of more train right? Managers to be better managers to right. um, maintain and stop turnover because of the manager-employee relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I knew that even though I went into that field initially, should, should have went into therapy. <laughs> um, yeah, it is very interesting. It's, it's an interesting part of, it's an interesting sector, yeah. people management, because all you do is just to ensure that people are happy yeah yeah it's no better feeling it's no better feeling to make sure that they're happy that they're productive that they are using their best best selves in more than one aspect of their lives right so i found myself kind of get dabbling into the coaching world while i was trying to make sure that those even those relationships were positive right mm -hmm. so that you didn't come to work and like oh my god i hate my boss and, <laughs> and somehow that allows me that I can't do my job. Yeah. And so, and then if I can't do my job officially, then I'm breaking down because then I can't feed my children or I can't right. pay my rent. And so right. it just kind of, it's like I said, it just kind of continued to develop that therapy thing in me. That right. says, you know what? Get out. <laughs> but I do still dabble in that. I do. Um, I was connected with a boss. Um, for Capricorn Systems, which is an international IT um, yeah. firm who was excellent, um, played an excellent role in my ability to do the job that I did, but um, understand the passions that I have in transitioning. And so I do very much still help him out because he did the same for me. So, okay. yeah. <laughs> 
So how does your husband like you being a therapist? Does he really enjoy that you know too much about? <laughs> That's yeah, a really good question. How does he think about it? Um, yeah, because basically you, 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 know, you know so much about this topic, marriage. Marriage and all of that. You know what, it's funny that you say that because I actually, um, I don't think he thinks anything, to be honest, because I try my best. I, I'm conscious, intentional, right. and not necessarily applying um, what I, the outside perspective to what's happening inside right? Because each couple is different. They come right. with a different situation. Right. And so the, it would, that same aspect applies to me and my husband as well, right? Mm -hmm. So, but I do apply the ability to be intentional, to be conscious, to yeah. be um, aware, to be present, right? So that I can give him whatever emotional support he has or when he's not feeling up his hundred percent self, I noticed those things more definitely yeah. than I would have noticed prior to um, to being right. here. It's definitely right. That that makes sense, you know, because yeah. it's not you know normally it's not easy when you have a wife who knows hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and as a guy, there's there's no possibility of you being a hundred percent. Right. And then, but it's no, I would say this though, it's no possibility even for me being a therapist and being a hundred percent. And I, and I'll be, I'll be upfront with that. Like even, even studying it, even um, practicing it and seeing the effects it has on couples that I've helped, right? right. Resolve solutions and things like that. Everything is so unique. And what happens in my personal life is that my personal feelings are now involved where they're not involved right. as a therapist. <laughs> so it definitely changes the scope. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. You know, it's just that. But one thing I still believe is that the I am sorry from the man will be more than the I'm sorry from <laughs> from, from, from the, me, right? <laughs> so I'll have to take that home and see what he says. He probably okay, okay. report back. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well that's that's a good one. So um now there is a difference between a HR person and a recruiter. It is. Am I correct? Yeah it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what's the major um, distinction, the major difference? Um, the major difference is the HR person uh, is maintaining current human capital, right? Okay. I'm, only, I'm only dealing, I'm mostly dealing with the people that I've already hired. Okay. Um, yeah. and, and how to keep the business growing right. with the resources that I have. Right. Okay. Through any initiatives that I may take or do to make sure that we're still viable. The recruiter aspect is to make sure that the business is growing from a talent perspective. Okay. So they are the ones that actually need to go out and get new talent. Right. So they're not maintaining current talent that they've already received. Their job is to make sure they go out and get new get talent. New. Oh, okay. So they do the sourcing. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. So for those people who are interested in people management, who are interested in human resources, um, there is a difference between the 
HR person and the recruiter. All right, so let's go to the personal side of you. Okay. But don't, don't worry. <laughs> it's not going to be loaded. It's just going to be uh, questions on the surface. Okay. Uh, okay, so now as a therapist or even, let's say, as an entrepreneur, how is your work-life blend? Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> I laugh at that because it, it's another thing that definitely has to be intentional. Right. Um, two, four, seven, right? You you work two four seven. Almost <laughs> two four seven. Yes, almost. Um only because as an entrepreneur you are responsible for your livelihood. Exactly. Um so it does become a little struggle, right? To balance when should I take off? When should I take off? When should I bypass that opportunity for right. the sake of my family, for my children, um, for my sanity, right? Mm. Um, so, uh, I would say the easiest question to that is self-care. I've definitely done self-care, um, and I've definitely tried to maintain a schedule. So, okay. maintaining a schedule has really helped for me. So, if I say that in that schedule that this is the time that I am supposed to stop, right, then I try... Yeah. Your best to. I try my best to adhere to that. Right. Um, and that includes my days that I say that I'm going to be off, to be with my family, to be with my husband, to right. to talk with my kids and my grandbaby or whatever the case may be. You got a grandchild? I do. I'm one year in. <laughs> Congratulations. Girl, you know, that's good genes, you know. <laughs> Honestly, you don't. I will. I, I, I will thank you for that. But yeah, I do. I do have a little grand boy because I have three old, three grown girls. And so me and my husband and I were blessed with this little boy who we wow. are just wow. really loving to death. But, mm. um, but yeah, so I want to be intentional at making sure they don't feel left out, right? That they mm. are actually a part of my life and very important. So I definitely stick to maintaining maintaining those relationships. So if I'm off on that day, I'm off. And right. That's just what it is. Yeah. So if you are listening to this program, trust me, the person I am talking to right now, when you see her, if you are not watching the video, she doesn't look like a grandmom. She, <laughs> she looks so young. So I think she would be in a good position to tell you what her secrets are. All right. So even if you don't believe in employing a, uh, the services of a therapist, I would advise you to try Shanna. You know, just give it a try. Give her a call, reach out to her and find out what her secrets are. You know, she's been in the industry, you know, she, she's been married for going to three decades. So she has a wealth of knowledge. Okay, Shanna. Um, okay, so what challenges have you encountered from transforming from an employee to an entrepreneur? I would say the first challenge was actually saying that, you know what, I'm going to depend on me. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to bank on me, right? Yes. Um, basically being able to get over that hump of feeling secure enough that what I was bringing to the table was something that other people would value. Right, and I didn't necessarily need to depend on what I was getting on a semi-monthly basis, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right? That check that I could depend on. 
to kind of moving on to losing that secure, what we feel like is security, right? Mm -hmm. And being okay to kind of fathom in that space. And then, um, as I mentioned earlier, just being able to be a, be um, an entrepreneur and figuring it out, you know, figuring out the, the balance of, you know, you still have life, but we're still um, trying to manage how to get this off the ground. Right. And then as well as the support system, a lot of times as entrepreneurs, and I think I, I'm sure many people can attest to this, we kind of go out and we have these family and we have these friends and we have all these people that are saying that they're rooting for you, yeah. you know, and just please yeah. call me, let me know if I can do anything to help. And then when you actually get out there, <laughs> you know, they somehow disappear. Right. So, um, so being self-motivated to continue and to push past even when you um, don't necessarily have that, you know, being confident enough to like kind of depend on your own skills to, to get out or to seek resources, right? right. Educated on things you don't know so that you're, you don't feel like you're a burden to anybody. Exactly. But, and you're getting, you know, getting the things that you want done. Right. So that's a good one. You know, typically I encourage people to not let go of, you know, you know, especially for the young entrepreneurs, those who are just about to start or those who just started. You know, yeah. they should never let go of their employment. That job would bring in a check. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, and I, I attest to that. I will yeah. agree to that. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, and I hear people say, if this is something you really want, you just have to go out there. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you just go out there and just do it and go out there and burn. but that's not reality right that's not reality and in so many ways it's almost not sane if you know that your situation requires something so you know being able to be a multitasker in the way that i can build a business but i can either maintain a part-time job that will alleviate because it's so much stress that yeah. you face in trying to build a business right there's so many um resources just not just financial but other things that require will require your attention to be successful right. and to add the next piece that you can't somehow pay your bills yeah that that's even worse that, yeah. could, send, that could send someone to an early grave yeah and it also makes people not continue to pursue their their thoughts or emotions or whatever their desires are to being entrepreneurs because they right. like you know what i got to give it up because i got to go back to uh to my job because i can't pay my bills so it's important yeah yeah because no one gave them the right advice no <laughs> so the paycheck has to be coming from somewhere exactly. while you're grinding yeah for the business yeah that's a good one very important that's very important to those of you listening who are thinking of you know, starting your own business, please do not let go of that job that brings the paycheck. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, can you give our listeners some tips on how to improve communication in their relationships? I know we initially talked about being intentional. Yeah, and being intentional it, when it comes to communication is being an active listener. Okay. Right? Um, an active listener means that you're present, that you're hearing everything that's said, and that that means not 
preluding the conversation with what you think they will say. We right. we do a lot of that, right? So yeah. So based on tone, we kind of figure we we will kind of prelude the conversation thinking that somebody's automatically about to say something that puts us under attack or something of that nature. So it's really important to be an active listener. Um, to listen to what's being said, not what you think you heard. Right. Um, and, and in response, responding to actually what was said. Right. Right. Um, so that the other person is able to receive that information. Um, a lot of times we just kind of don't do that. We, um, we don't pay attention to our audience. Right. Um, and therefore we may use words or um, say things in a certain way that that person will receive it not in how you intentionally gave it out, but in how they receive it. So you have to kind of be intentional on not only what you hear, but how you respond and what you say as well. So that's tip number one. Okay. Um, I say tip number two is to be, have some compassion. We okay. always, we always want to remove um, or in, intentionally try to remove hurt and pain from conversations, right? right. <clears throat> so I want to definitely leave feeling heard, but I don't want to leave feeling hurt. Yes. So I think that is also an important part of how we communicate because if I'm leave feeling hurt, um, it technically affects other conversations that we have in the future. Exactly. From from the from the beginning. Yes, it does. <laughs> That's true. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm glad you are a lady, so I can ask you this question. Okay. You know, do ladies ever, you know, can a man ever satisfy a lady in a relationship? Yeah. I know, I know, <laughs> ladies always expect a very high, you know, they always set a very high bar. Okay. Can a guy ever completely, a hundred percent, satisfy a lady? Please just. <laughs> okay, so I have to say yes. Okay. So, and the reason why I say that is because a lot of our, just in general, not just ladies, but men too, satisfaction comes in learning ourselves, right? And what makes us, what gives us satisfaction. Right. And a lot of our satisfaction also comes from us, right? right? It's something that I do and something. So, it's only a, a portion of who I am that needs to be satisfied by the man that I'm with. Right. Right. Not so, everything. So a hundred percent of me and what satisfies me is not all dependent on my husband. Right. Okay. Right. So my husband does play a significant part in my life, yeah. but the basis of what definitely makes a, someone satisfied is something that you for one have to learn right so what are those bases that you just absolutely need to be satisfied and everything mm -hmm. else is icing on the cake right right so if you just give me the cake part mm -hmm. then i'm good oh, okay. I mean, and so and, and, and it's so funny that you say that because me and my husband had a conversation one day about he was saying the pressure, and this was earlier on in our relationship, that when we're having a conversation and I'm talking about all these things that I want and I want us to build and these goals and all of this, he had the pressure to somehow make that happen. Right. Right. But, and when actually after he said that, I was like, honey, no, that's not what I thought. I didn't <laughs> think that you and you alone 
you know, were going to somehow impede in my thoughts and make all of this happen for me versus just kind of hearing me being supportive was the satisfaction part. Not that I needed you to always take action. So, yeah. So sometimes just knowing that part, you know, is she just talking, you know, about all the things that she wants to do? Yeah, paying attention. Yeah, paying attention. It's important. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I hope you guys are listening out there because this is a key point, you know, and it's coming out from a lady's mouth. So, and uh, for the fact that she has said it, it means to a large extent, if we can fulfill that obligation of paying attention, you know, we would have a headway. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's a nice one. So, um, Shana, are you on all social, I wouldn't say all, How? what social media platforms are you on? Okay, so I'm definitely not on all. I'm not 100% great with social media, right? <laughs> so, I am on Instagram. So, okay. it's at Imperfect Balance um, on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook. Okay. Um, same thing, Imperfect Balance. So, I do um, most of my things in those two platforms. Um, of course, I'm on LinkedIn where um, we connected and then just multiple other platforms as far as when it pertains to therapy so i'm in psychology today and then of course you know i have my own website and things that i do as well okay um, yeah that makes sense so for those of you listening you can look her up on uh, any of those platforms she just mentioned her name is shanna trimble and the name is currently being displayed on the screen. For those of you listening via podcast, it's Shanna, S-H-A-N-A. That's her first name, Trimble, T-R-I-M-B-L-E. Yes. Yes. So once again, Shanna is a marriage and family therapist. She is also a speaker. You know, you could reach out to her and you never can tell she would be the one to make a difference in your family life, in your marriage. Am I right, Shana? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shana, thank you very much for joining me on the program. I really enjoyed this uh, conversation with you. It was, in fact, I also learned a few things from there. Good. You know, they say everything in life is a cliche. But it is when that cliche resonates with your thinking, with your status, that really matters. And for me today, some of those cliches you just mentioned to me resonated with my mind and my thinking. So I will go out there and be a better husband. Oh, good. good. And I hope someone else out there who is listening is also feeling the same thing. So thank you for joining me on the program. And I look forward to having you on so many other programs in the future. Sounds like a plan. Thank you for having me. Awesome. My pleasure. Have a wonderful rest of your day.